is Popside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's always hard to kick off some of these shows when things happen within Leafs Nation. We really didn't dive too deep into the Yore Salming on the last episode we did, but unfortunately the King did lose his battle. Um, and obviously you see the tributes pouring in for Biore Salming. Um, I made the comment the other day, it was probably, I think, two days ago now, that this season really, you look at William Nylander scoring in Minnesota and how much that meant to him in that game, a lot of the Swedish players factoring into the scoring on that game as well. Um, this season right here, man, it's for Biore. It is. You know, as much as we talked about it, it's for Muzzin, where he may not come back. This one right here, I think, you know, it seems to be hitting a chord with the players because the elevation in the game since the Hall of Fame game and since they did the whole thing, you know, just honoring him properly, you know, before he passed, this team seems to have taken it up a notch, especially the Swedish players. Um, And, you know, it looks as this is something that's settling in with these guys that we want to do this. And just imagine, I said it to Manny, I said, imagine the Leafs win the cup and they use one of the extra slots and they put Bure Salming on there as just one of the extra names because of what he's meant to Leafs Nation and Swedish hockey and what he's done to grow that part of the game and bring so many big name players through the NHL underneath the Swedish banner. I think that'd be a fitting tribute. Yeah, no, I... I thought the night that we had to honor him was was amazing. The fact that they did the uh, honorary face-off with OEL and Willie there, along with starting all Swedish players, I thought that was a, a, a quite a touch. Um, I listened to, I think it was on Sportsnet, they interviewed uh, Daryl Sittler, and he was asked about his time here. and He had nothing but praise. The man was obviously a uh, a king he he paved the way for those guys over in sweden and europeans um he he will always be remembered here in in toronto for sure no definitely extremely sad to see i mean 32 thoughts said it best here too with like how the stars were able to align when we were able to put all our swedish players like a full line of swedish players to to commemorate warrior so even our goalie, Eric Schalgren, crazy that Murray and Samsonov both had to be injured for him to make that. that and Joseph Wool, don't Wolf forget that player. too, right? What's that? Wool had to be hurt as well because Schalgren That's is right. technically behind him. He is a four-string goaltender when right. everyone is healthy and rolling. So it was complete stars aligning across the board. Yes, yeah. So it was cool in that aspect, but it's just so sad. Like he was only diagnosed in what? It was, I think, July – and he only lasted a few months. Like I've seen people get this disease and go maybe one or two years, but the time frame he had, it just it felt like it was too short. And I'm glad he was able to come to Toronto. We were able to celebrate him and talk about him on our podcast here. This is rest in peace to Borea Salming. Yeah, rest in peace to the king. Again, these things are never easy to transition into. So, but let's transition to something positive. The Maple Leafs week that was here for Toronto. Not too shabby. Sands the New York Islander game where they messed up and lost in overtime. It's a pretty darn good week, folks. 3-0-1. 
Yep. The month of November is looking kind to the Maple Leafs. We're, Matt Murray's looking good. Shogren's looking good. Where Mitch are the Liner haters right now good? in October? Where are the, those haters? Like, what are they saying right now? Trade Mitch Marner, fire Keith. What are they saying right now? Tell me. How, Someone please tell me. What are they how saying? How about Mitchie? How hot is Mitchie right now? He's had a point six, 16 games, right? If I'm not mistaken. Same number on his back. Same number on his back right now. 16 he, games in a row. He looks phenomenal. He he's so good, guys. gorgeous in fantasy. He's <laughs> Listen, listen, guys. You know, it was a week that was for the Leafs. You know, the Leafs have been losing D faster than Pete Davidson's dating A-list celebrities. Okay? <laughs> Just that quick. Okay, so that was the uh, the punchline I had in for today. But it's 3-0-1. We snapped the devil's streak. We look good ourselves. We're no Pete Davidson's, but God damn, we're on a roll. Just like that man is. But, hey, the week that was, man, You like I said, the Islanders, overtime loss, still pick up a point. Yeah, great. Then you go to Jersey. That was a crazy game. They win that one with everything thrown on the ice. You go to Mini, it's a little shaky, but flurry, shakier than I've seen a leaf in a tree on a windstorm in the friggin' end of fall. He was mad Mr. at that game. Flurry. Whew. That Aston Reese goal was a little uh, – a little – a little soft, but uh, but yeah. you know what? What do they always say? A puck on net's never a bad freaking idea. My house league coach used to say that all the time. <laughs> That's how I scored a lot of goals. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, see- uh, it was a great birthday week for you too, Mr. Hollywood. By the oh, way, yeah, yeah. Tip, tip the cap all the way around. Pete has his birthday, beauty for Hollywood, and then Mr. Dylan. Guys, we're going to be without Dylan on Wednesdays going forward here very shortly. Uh, we get him maybe for another couple of weeks. Um, but he is starting a new job. So congrats to Dilly. Absolutely beautiful. It sucks that you won't be here Wednesdays, but you know what? I'll bring the Step fire up and get something beautiful. Let's go. He's working on a shift change right now. But uh, fun fact about the Friday game, that was my birthday. And uh, thanks for the shout out there, Andy, in the comments. Um, I was doing a shot for every every Leaf goal that game. <laughs> So they did four shots, or I did four shots for the four goals, and then eventually later on they had to cut me off. They said you've you've had too much. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. I will, I will cease to drink your your Burt Reynolds from now on. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, <laughs> where were you? Where were you? I just went to Chuck's Roadhouse, and Chuck's uh, is beautiful. Yeah. I actually love Chuck's. It's so cheap, and the, it is. the beers it's like four dollars for a pint. So I'm like, I'm gonna drink a few of these. Yep. <laughs> and they said, no, you're not. You're not going to drink. Yeah, anything. you're you're going to go to the casino now. You're going to gamble your money. Win $100. Yep. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Wait, Had a good no. night, Friday. Andy. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, the mini game, an afternoon game. The Leafs always kind of play sloppy in those. Everybody can remember that big, huge Carolina game where it ended up being, I think it was 8-7 or 8-6 for the Leafs in the afternoon. So afternoon games are not kind to the Maple Leafs. But they did end up getting the two points. Um, again, you know, they need to tighten it up a little bit um, from what I'm seeing. The, the, the turnover is the only thing, the only thing for this team that is causing them grief right now is just simple clearing plays. We talked about the five-minute muffin from Justin Hall. But there's other clearing plays like in the New York game, Tavares didn't put enough mustard on it to get it out and down. Just those little plays where – you go the extra step, you have a lane, or you put a little extra oomph on it. Maybe it goes a bit too far and your guy can't get it, but at least it's out of the zone. Yeah, I was 
I was watching the afternoon game with my buddy on FaceTime, and he made he made actually such a good point. He's like, Justin Hall is good if he does not touch the damn puck. He's blocking Guys, everything, man. Fun fact about Justin Hall in the last, what was it, one, two, three, four games. He has played 24 minutes, 23 minutes, 25 minutes, 23 minutes. In those games, he did not allow a single five-on-five goal. So he did. That's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's not all. bad. It's a lot of ice time. Again, you're dealing with law of average, though. There's something that's probably going to befell upon him where it's going to be something crappy, and that's what everybody's going to hammer home. Not the yeah, fact for that sure. he's blocking shots. Him and Giordano, by the way. Giordano, 28 block shots in the past six games wow. or five games. Good for him. Okay, so he's turned it up. Gio, no Gio looks like he's my age out there. Like, he looks fresh out there. I, I applaud him for being 39 and being able to do what he does. Oh, he's buzzing. He's absolutely loving it. I'm loving the fact that he's just, just going out there. Like I said to you guys last podcast, when they were asking him and Keith about it, Keith's like, yeah, he doesn't want to miss practice. He doesn't want to stop you know, going and doing all of the things he does every single game day. He doesn't want to take any maintenance days or anything. So kudos to uh, Mark Giordano. Hopefully the wheels don't fall off later in the season. Or when everyone comes back, maybe you slot some guys in. Um, one thing that uh, I will say about the mini game, we talked about it in the Biore segment there. You know, William Nylander scoring. Um, dedicated that to him. What a beautiful time to do. A beautiful patch, by the way, too. Quickly made and put on the Leafs jerseys. I like the way that looks. I love that. Absolutely really stellar. A fun fact about that Nylander goal: Didn't he tie? Yes. He tied Borja Salming for the second second most Swedish goals in Toronto Maple Leaf history. Yeah, and then passed him on Saturday night. Yes, that's amazing. Beautiful. So again, what, what, talk about timing. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's exactly what Willie said. It, it, it was weird how the universe works. Yeah, it's crazy. It all ties together. Uh, by the way, the boy boy Cali. Uh, shout out to uh, Marshawn Lynch. Um, that experiment's looking pretty good for the Toronto Maple Leafs with him on that second line. I did say in the offseason, this guy's a Swiss Army knife, can play up and down your lineup, left wing, right wing, center, wherever you need him. And he's looking like he might be that versatile guy that goes up into that lineup and plays on the second line. Look good against many, look good against Pittsburgh. And dare I say, Alexander Kerfoot looking good in the bottom six. Not scoring, there was chances, by the way, but he's not scoring. But defensively, he seems to fit what they're trying to do more than Cali Yarncroke was, do you which think, is important. Do you think we need to trade Kerfoot at this point? Like, he holds a lot of cap. What is it, like 3.5? Yeah. Like, okay, but who does his job then? Pontus Holmberg. Pontus Holmberg's a center. Mm. Kerfoot's a winger right now. I don't know. Hmm. You, my, my biggest thing when you make a trade, because everybody says, trade this guy, trade that guy. Okay, who in your organization, A, fills the void that he does? He penalty kills. He can be a backup on the second power play unit. He can go up to your second line, third line, fourth line. He's versatile on the left or right wing, can play center and take faceoffs. In your organization right now, who do you have that brings that versatility that you have defensive confidence in that can do those things? He's not scoring, which sucks because that's what makes his price tag so 
not he's had so many opportunities too like he's had two penalty shots a couple breakaways he just yeah i don't know he's gripping his second the defensive side of things is where his game is key right now and that is you look at what the leafs are doing you limit the pittsburgh penguins a team that is battle damn tested that you pissed off by the way a pissed off and motivated crosby a pissed off and motivated malkin and neither of them could factor into getting goals for their team and which you frustrated is, and stifled them. Which is surprising considering our defense. Well, but that's just it. And I, I made a, a tweet Saturday night saying, you know, this is like the Leafs when Alan McCulley was the number one center and they were in the playoffs and the Leafs went to the second round rolling with a ragtag group of guys on forward and defense because they were so banged up. This is what that reminds me of right now. Yes, we have the top flight offensive guys there, but our defense – I said it last show, boys. It's like Ron Hainsey for Pittsburgh back there. It's Gio at his ripe old age of 39 on your first pair with Justin freaking Hall. And then you're running two young guys who you want to do well, yes, but it's surprising they're doing as well as they are. And then you have, insert whoever, Jordy Ben, Victor Mete, Mac Hollowell, soon to be Connor Timmons, because they got to get him in a game. Yeah. But, boy. But yeah, it's a it's a hodgepodge defense, and you're rolling your fourth string goaltender out there on hockey night in Canada against Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. What was Crosby doing on that first goal? <laughs> Did you see that? Like he was he was mad. Like he, he was he, what was it? Just a bad line change. He just Ooh, dude, that was a, that, a horrible line change. That was yeah, the like, worst line change I've ever seen. Yeah, by, well, Martin, but even Martin said he was going to change. He's like, I was going to change, and then I saw everything open up, and he's like, well, I'm going. It was a great goal. But to, to go back to the Minnesota game, I want to I, I want to touch on uh, Matt Murray. Um, he knocked the net off three times that game. <laughs> like, what's what's going on here? Why is why is he knocking the – like, I, I know he's not known to do this, but he was – it happened in the New Jersey game. It's happening in the Minnesota game three times. Like, we're we're, we're going to get to this. We're even talking about it. This is one of our league points here that we're going to talk about because uh, it's not just him, by the way. Casey DeSmith, Saturday night, had his net come off a couple of times as well in the uh, the suspicious ways. So I think it's a lot to do with goaltending. But we are going to dive into this here when we get to the around the rink part of the show. Uh, so let's just uh, park that one for a minute sure. because I do have that as a bigger thing because it was brought up okay. on uh, 32 Thoughts on Saturday night as well. Yeah, about an email that was sent out to all general managers. So we will dig deep on that one here in a few. But um, to put a bow on the Minnesota game, I think, again, sloppy afternoon game. Boys knew they had the travel. Matt Murray made the saves he needed to make. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, he's good for a goal a game, guys. Oh. You're not stopping him. It's so like Ovechkin. You're not stopping him. End of the game, he could have easily buried that. He had a gaping wide open net, and Matt Murray stood his ground and was able to stop that. That was unbelievable. It's almost like somebody's looking down on the Leafs watching yeah. them right now. Yeah. Just saying, adding a few defensive defense and that like blocking shots. Yeah, he was yeah. looking down on the boys. I, I do like that Minnesota team, and and uh, unfortunate for me, I was like, oh, of course the two players on that team that I love had to score. Yeah, it, well, Matt, it is. Matt Boldy and Kaprizov are studs. They, uh, they're going to be the future of that team for sure. It's exciting, man. It's exciting in Minnesota. It sucks they have so much dead cap this year, 
but they'll be able to make some moves. They had to lose Kevin Fiala, you know, so obviously a little bit of scoring punch gone there. But I will say this, guys. I'm big on character things. Holding on to that win with Minnesota pressing hard in the last five minutes, that's a character build right there. Yeah. Where you hold on to that win and weather the storm, those things help you later in the season. Those things help you in the playoffs when you're up by a goal and teams are hammering down on you. You know, we talked about the New Jersey game feeling like a playoff game. Minnesota felt a little bit like that in the last five minutes where it was wave after wave after wave, and they were not burying the puck. By the way, pulling their goaltender super early to get a little oh, closer. Yeah. Four minutes game. left? There's like almost five minutes left in the game. The man- you know, super aggressive. Can I, but- before we continue on with that, <clears throat> I get your guys' take on those jerseys. What, what did you I guys love them. Love yeah? them. I thought yeah, North Star style, baby. I thought yeah. I thought uh, Flurry's pads were a little odd, but besides that, I think I I think they were pretty fire. They're I like, like yeah. jerseys, man. No, I love go strike out and have some fun, man. Show some character. That's what you should do with all these reverse retro jerseys, mm-hmm. man. Just have a little fun. The, the NHL lacks one thing, and that's confidence in you know showing off and you know showing their players off and showing what they can be to the other leagues, like. The NBA has fun with stuff like that. The NFL has a lot of fun with stuff like that. Soccer does as well, you know, so why not? The MLB for sure as well loves to have those things and, and, you know, flex it in your face. So the NHL should do the same. And by the way, there is going to be talk about the jerseys again in the around the board segments in this show, because there's some jerseys that came out this week that were super fun to look at, but we spin to the pens game. I loved it. We talked about Crosby being frustrated. The Leafs did so many little things. They were skating faster. They were on the puck. They were winning battles. They were doing all those little things that we've been dying for them to properly do. It only took Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, and TJ Brody being injured for this to happen. So, man, I'm just excited to see Justin Hall getting his flowers from Leafs Nation a little bit. You know, it's it's nice to see because he's been getting a lot of, you know, grenades and hate mail and get out of town. And, you know, <laughs> someone said uh, that explosion last night in Toronto was just oh, an ego finally oh. blowing up underneath <laughs> the bridge. I saw a tweet like that, a live shot of Justin Hall's ego walking out of the Leafs dressing room. Oh, my room. God. So, boom, because he's really out there. But he's doing well. He's blocking shots. He's doing all the little things. And I really like that for the Leafs because it makes – you know, it makes for good hockey for fans to watch yep. because we want them to win those tight games. Not that a 4-1 game is tight, but they kept Pittsburgh at bay. And Eric Schalgren looked good. Made saves when he was called upon. I had they no problem with the game. The goal that he's got scored against him, that was just a bang-bang play. Just a lucky bounce. Lucky bounce. And it was a good shot by Raquel. Nothing you could do there. Maybe was a bit far bit deep into his net, but other than that, Shalgren looked phenomenal that game. I mean, made the saves he had to. Pittsburgh, I mean, like, after the first period, the shots were, like, 17-5 to five at one point. Like, Leafs just dominated them. It was a great game by the Leafs, so. No, it was, it was definitely a great game by the Leafs. Again, too, Mitch Marner keeps the streak alive. Austin Matthews with three points. But my thing, a guy that I love, Dilly, a guy that I love, Pontus Homer. Oh, oh. Pontus Holmberg. You see what Keith said about him? Preseason. What's that? You see what Keith said about him? 
He can't. He says he hasn't found a single flaw in his game yet, or something along those lines. What? Yeah, they asked him that he has to work on. He said, I can't find anything can't to find be disappointed. I can't find one mistake, is what he said. So yeah. keep battling, buddy. He's, no, he's doing well. He's absolutely he's, doing well. I'm I'm excited, man. The population of Holmberg is getting bigger every day because everybody's jumping on that bandwagon. He looks like the natural center that we needed. But here's the fun thing, guys. We talked about it a moment ago. When you have players playing in the position they should be playing in. They do not look like they're a detriment to the team. Kerfoot down the lineup. Angval down the lineup. All the players being where they need to be, and it seems to work. Can't finish natural fourth or third line. Whatever way you want to flip those two lines, they both can be a third or fourth line. But they're working. And you know Keith loves the bottom six to be working lines that grind down the opponent's top two lines and hem them in. And just cycle the puck. And that's what they do. Zach Aston Reese is good on it. Physical on the play. Engvall playing a little bit more physical. The giraffe is grunting and groaning and getting it done. I'm loving it. He's trampling, boys. Let's go. I'm pumped up, man. I'm pumped up because this team is finally starting to hit a little bit of a roll. What do you guys think of the Pittsburgh game? What are your thoughts? Maybe I'm out to lunch here. But I love the fact that these guys held the battle-tested Penguins to one goal and didn't Boys. let them up off the mat. I think I think you're missing one huge, huge thing from that game, and that's the freaking bunting play. That say man yeah. freaking took four Pittsburgh Penguins along with them and just battled in the dirtiest of dirty and somehow got the puck to Matthews, and Matthews was like, buddy, Thank you for this gift out, Easy out front of the net. I was like, how does that even happen? That that is that is the one thing we need. He 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 played, played great. Months. He played phenomenal. He looks I so love good. that play. Yeah. These guys are starting to turn it on, though. All the guys that you wanted to turn it up, people groaning about Matthews not scoring and all the big guns not hitting their stride except for JT. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Go and look at this. The the Leafs at this time last year before the weekend games were 69 points. The same group this year at the same time was 69 points. Now this year, same time, 89 points. A 20-point improvement from the top four guys. And that's without Matthews hitting full stride. So did you did anybody see the photo of him celebrating that goal? It looked like he was pumped. Yo, my that favorite part was Keith's reaction. Keith's reaction to the goal was just like, nice. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, it's a little bit of a, all right. You know, the Austin Matthews has hit a wall. Guys are going to drift off tonight with a three-point game. So Yeah. Mitchie was like, that's just a typical Scarborough guy getting in the dirty areas. He ain't afraid of that. No, no, no. That's Bunce nice. is not afraid of that crap. And I love that, man. I like to. We beat the drum on this show about breaking up Matthews and Marner and switching it up. And look what has happened. John Tavares, rolling. Mitch Marner, rolling. Matthews, really? rolling. Bunting, rolling. Willie, rolling. Yarncroke, starting to roll. Just got there. Don't worry. He'll he'll jump in. He'll get rolling. Actually, he scored. So, rolling. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, that's the week that was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not too shabby. This week here, guys... I've been talking about it all day long, anywhere I possibly can. This is a huge week for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Look at their opponents. It's Detroit, San Jose, not so much, but then Tampa. Who are right behind them in the Atlantic division? There is a bit of a gap, yes. But Detroit is in third. Tampa is in fourth in the Atlantic division. So what you want to do is Monday night, you want to win against Detroit. Keep that gap and widen it. Saturday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the hockey night in Canada, the big game, the bright lights, do it right. Beat the Bolts on that night and create a safe gap for yourself for if things do go off the rails a little bit, you have a couple games to figure it out. You have to win at least those two games. Now, if you beat San Jose as well, that's beautiful. I see the Leafs going 2-0-1. I see the San Jose game being the overtime game because I feel like they're going to be really up for the Detroit Red Wing game, and they're definitely going to be jacked up for the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Home ice, big light, Saturday night, let's go. What do you guys think this week? I can't wait. I'm really – I feel like – so what's our record against James Reimer? It's pretty good, isn't it? Like we we beat him most of the, most of the it's time. Not too shabby, but they've been running Cabo Kakinen a lot. So ah, okay. But if James Reimer starts, if he starts against the Leafs, I'm going to predict they win that game. I three zero and zero week by Andy Pool prediction. I think I, I'm. I think they're going to win tomorrow night. I think they'll beat Detroit. That's a big game. I think we have like three games um, ahead of them, so they're 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 slowly trying to catch up to us. They're in a weird spot, though. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but it was in Detroit. Detroit. I don't think they're holding on to the third. Detroit's going to make it. That would be a great first matchup for the Leafs, but like we're, so who, we're, still, we're still November. Who right now. Games? What's that? Oh, don't worry. Hey, don't, again, here we go, guys. The show flow is there for a reason. We are going to get into this and yeah, the around the NHL yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, the, at the end of Thanksgiving is usually where you can see where the standings will be for the playoffs. However, I don't think that's going to be the – I don't think that's going to be the, the thing this year. We'll get back to that. But I think we'll beat Detroit. We'll beat San Jose. We're going to lose to – we're going to lose to the Bolts in regulation. It's going to be 2-1 two, two and one for me this week. 2-1 and one for Pete. I'm going 2-0-1. Dilly. Are you going with Andy and rocking three zero and zero, or are you gonna mix it up and go one one and one? I think I I think they got Detroit in the bag. San Jose, did they? Did San Jose not beat them in overtime already this year? They I did. Think they beat them flat out. Was it over? Oh, they might have, they might have gotten an empty netter. I wasn't sure about that game. Um, I see that one being a dub as well. Screw it, uh, Andy. Andy, I'm going with you. We're going three zero and zero. This week, I, I have to be different. I was gonna go with what James had, but uh, uh, this is this is a statement uh, week. We gotta put put the Jets on and uh, prove prove the league that we can separate from the rest of them in this division. No, it definitely has to be a statement week. Like I said, that separation for the Leafs is going to be absolutely key for the Leafs. And, so and I'm feeling like that's going to be something. I think on uh, the San Jose game, we will see Connor Timmins. That's mm-hmm. why I'm a little bit – you might mess up the defensive uh, flux you got going on. That's why I said that might be the game to lose. What? Oh, by the what? way, we did we did go to overtime with San Jose the last game. We lost in overtime. Remember Eric Carlson with the – That's what the I thought. Breakaway. Yes. Um, I was away in Disney, so forget my foggy memory on most of those games. Fair enough. What's the uh, status on Brody right now? Uh, Brody, I believe Brody is still another week away. 
Okay. Don't rush him. Don't rush him. I, well, I wasn't sure if he was going to be back this week or next. No, he's skating. He's going to be skating with the team this week. Sonar went on the road trip, which I found weird because he didn't get into any games. But I guess it's maybe being around the team, getting in the routine again, just getting ready for things, mm-hmm. and getting prepped. But yep. uh, this week we probably will see Sonar between the pipes. So, again, you never know what game that will be. So Leafs have the best boys will be back rolling. Well, it's Monday night, and then what What? What day is the San Jose Mon- game? They're all national games this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Okay. So good spacing as well. All right, so that's the week that will be. Everybody's got their numbers locked in. Can't wait to get some chirping going on on next Sunday to see who is right. Hopefully none of us are wrong and we end up on the 0-3-0. That'd be bad. All right, well, let's talk about the GBU, the good, the bad, the ugly. That was the week that was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's the good for me, ladies and gentlemen. Agree with me or disagree. Matt Murray, sensational so far, standing tall, 4-1-1. 2.51 goals against average, a 9.21 save percentage. By the way, Jack Campbell last season, 8.96. Just going to put that out there. Yikes. And he's got the post-controversy to go with it. He's not the only goaltender to do it. But for me, for this week, the good is Mr. Robo Goalie, Mr. Matt Murray. Do you guys agree with the good on that one? Absolutely. This this guy has, has formed – the best relationships that that are helping him to succeed in this organization. Uh, I listened to that interview. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, it was on Sportsnet. But this is a man that wants to play for. He, he wanted to play for the team that he grew up watching with his father. Uh, he's on a redemption tour. He's he's proving to you know everybody that doubted him. He's got he's got two Stanley Cup rings. You can't forget about that. And he he's just he, I, I I heard the confidence in him and everybody's betting on this guy to to come in and do his job. And he's just like, you know, if we have a bad, bad day, bad game, I, it, it's it's my job as a goalie to just forget about those and move on and focus on the next day. And he's totally right. And that's what he's doing. He hasn't he hasn't had too many bad games. He's staying consistent and he's being the guy that we can rely on, especially in, in this type of time when our defense is very, very thin. I yeah. I still remember the day, clear as day, is when Elliot Freeman put out that tweet saying, Leafs are heavy on Matt Murray right now. I wanted to puke when I saw that. I, I sent it to our group chat. I was like, this can't be real. I am so happy we have Matt Murray between our pipes over Jack Campbell right now. This is why I may look like Kyle Dubas right now with the glasses. I will never be the GM for the Toronto Maple Leafs because I cannot make those decisions ever. I like He has looked so good in these last games. I think he only has one regulation loss. He's what, 4-1-1? One, one. He, he's four, making these phenomenal things. 4-1-1, yeah. 4-1-1, yeah. He's making his save percentage over 900, 920-something, and then he's He's just making these outrageous saves, like that Kirill Kaprizov shot at the end of the game. Just he, he's so good. And I'm glad him earlier in that period where he what stopped that? the puck on the goal line when he split the legs. Yes, I, yes, I thought that. Away. I, I was like, that was a play that he could have got injured on, and I was kind of scared for that. But he he's doing good. Please stay healthy. Oh my god, knock on wood, guys, because I I can't deal with more injuries and. Hopefully, Mur- the Murdoch can stay healthy. I can't wait till we have Sonar back and we have 
probably the best tandem in the NHL. Maybe Swayman and Allmark, but I, I'm pretty confident we have two very good goalies between our pipes. Yeah, well, here's the bad for the week, guys. We talked about it a little bit earlier. It's the soft clears for me. It's the little muffins up the board. It's the chips that don't get out past the blue line, whether it's on a PK or the last little bit of a game. They've been backbreakers for us to use a turn back up ice and become a great A scoring chance or a goal. And those are things that you can easily clean up. It's an extra step. It's an extra moment of looking and not just putting the puck out. And most guys in post-game pressers will say that to you. I should have took the extra step. I should have put a little bit more on the glass. Or I should have looked and seen who was open. You know, it's those split-second decisions that really can derail your game. That's the bad for me this week. It just those little things. We saw it in the Islander game. Tavares didn't get it out when him and Nylander were turning it up ice. Next thing you know, boom, boom, the game is over. So those little things and the Justin Hall muffin we all know about as well. Those little things, you change those minute details and take an extra second, which they look like they did on Saturday night. I think this team can take it to even another level in pissing teams off and making them kick the boards out of Sidney Crosby. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. They're looking like – when they do that, they look like a freaking beer league team. You, you, don't, you don't do that at the National League. I mean, yes, yes, you do, but – uh, you know, take that extra second. Don't don't put it up the middle. Don't give it away. Um, yeah, yeah, enough said about that. Yeah, there's a lot of soft clears. Like even on that Caprizo shot, I think they had the opportunity to get it out. They gave it away. You pretty much nailed the the nail on the coffin here, James. They just yeah, they got it. That's one of the aspects of their game they need to work on. Just getting the puck out. Don't ice it. Just get some fresh legs out there and move on definitely well the ugly here for the toronto maple leafs it's not looking ugly right now but it's the decor hanging on by a thread and one more injury it could be a drastic shift for this team where they may have to not a connor timmons deal but actually go find someone to slide in um that's just the thick of it guys it's ugly it's looking ugly but if there's a silver lining you are learning what you have within your organization for this season, and now you know what you may or may not have to go grab at the trade deadline. If you know Mac Hallwell can come up and give you solid minutes, or Connor Timmons, Timothy Lilligren, Sandine, Jordy Ben, Timmons. look at all the names that we're running through here, and we haven't even got to Brody, Riley, Muzzin, which I think Muzzin, just a tinfoil hat theory, will be back for a playoff run with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I fully, fully believe that. Fully believe that. I think that he will be cleared well before February, but a la Mr. Mr. over in Tampa Bay Kucherov, I think they're just going to let him ramp up, skate with the team, skate with the team, take physical hits in practice from the Jordy Benz, from the Mark Giordano's, get the bumps in, see how he feels. See how the Lickens feel. And then come playoff time, holy shit, the Leafs went out and got whoever it is at the trade deadline as their D piece or offensive piece. Then you slide in Jake Muzzin, ready to rock and roll, fully energized, hopefully fully healthy, 
and just like Shea Weber and Carey Price, he rides it until the wheels fall off for the playoffs. Just my tinfoil hat theory on the Maple Leafs defense. I think Muzzin comes back for one last hurrah, and that's it. In the summer, he basically calls it a career like Shea Weber without calling it a career. Ah, I just feel so bad for him. Like the risk for him to come back in one one game, get another injury, and him to be a vegetable the rest of his life is obviously not worth it. But if he feels confident enough to come back and he's he's feeling comfortable enough, then then so be it. I like the idea, you know, ease him into it into the playoffs and and, and it could really inspire the entire team. Like it, it could it could it could be like we got this for Muzzin, we got this for Salming. We're gonna run through a freaking brick wall for these people. Hey, here's your pair, your bottom pair, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall playing. No, ten minutes a night. No, no, no. I don't like them together. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, whatever combination. Here, here you Him go. And Lily. Here's the thing. Here, Jake Muzzin, Light, and Jordy Ben, and Jake Muzzin as your bottom pair. Yeah. Two just snarly bearded assholes who will whip your ass if you go near their goaltender. Just they would be a good penalty. You can limit their minutes, there. and if something's coming Muzzin's way. Jordy Ben can fly in there, flip off the flippers, and just beat the brakes off someone if they touch Muzzin. You you talking about like him going to practice and getting hit by those big guys? I could see like them using Aston Reese to just hey go after him. Muzzin Muzzin just be like Zach, come after me with all you got. Just <laughs> hit me with everything and and, and to prepare him for that the, the play. Well, because that, in so practice you can make it a controlled environment. So you can see what Jake Muzzin has. You can see how he responds. If there's even a slight iota of a different discontent in his body, it's not that the plan doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. No, it doesn't happen. But if he's feeling good, good enough where you can say, you know what? And the doctors say, well, you know what? He does have the ability where he can go and do this and he'll be all right. But at what will this cost him is, is is my whole thought. Like I've listened to what Ryan Kessler has said in, in interviews and what he all did to to take to come back into the game constantly. And it just worries worries me about his well-being. That, well, that, that's that, that's my thing with Jake Muzzin. This could be the last hurrah because then in the summer or the offseason, he goes for the, the fusion surgery that yeah. basically stops you from being able to play really. Yeah, because it's too long of a recovery for someone at his age. It is the neck, right? It is, I believe it is the yeah. Yeah. So, so you go for that. It's it's just like Edge from WWE. Same kind of thing. They Took couldn't do the to come back, right? They couldn't do the Eichel thing. Even if I don't think it's the same. It, Eichel was more of a disc replacement, right? Mm. I don't think there's a disc replacement here. Gotcha. So, yeah. but if you can go get the surgery, get cleaned up in the summer. And just that's what I mean, call it a career from there. You know, see what happens. That's just my tinfoil hat theory, you know, because Jake Muzzin, you give him all that time off, then you start ratcheting him up mid February when they have this appointment, when everybody kind of talks about what Muzzin will be. And then you just bring him around the team. He's still with the team, by the way. He's still as a beast in the gym. Yep. And he's still skating, he's still doing all the things. 
He's just not taking bumps and not participating in full things with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He, but he's still around the team and doing all the other things. So that's what leads me to believe. Because guys who shut it down, shut it down. Yeah, he hasn't shut it down. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get. He doesn't want to stop. But I know that like it's it's his wife in the back of his head that's like, Donald, you better be fucking careful. You better be fucking. Yeah, careful. well, that's what I'm saying. I think you you know disagree with me if you must, but I think that's gonna be the conversation come February. They all look at it and say, you know what? Let's ratchet you up here. Let's get you into some thick, heavy playoff push practices. Let's get the bumps going. Let's get the grinds going. And if you feel good, then game one of the playoffs, surprise, motherfuckers. It's Jake Muzzin. Break the glass. ovation. Crowd going bonkers at Scotiabank Arena as he's announced. Nobody knows it's coming all of a sudden. And number eight, Jake Muzzin. <sighs> Everybody goes nuts. Goes nuts. Stone Cold music hits. Jake yep. Muzzin <laughs> dart in his mouth. Let's go. No, oh. no, it, it, it would be good. it would be good for the team. And I mean, the guy does know how to win a Stanley Cup, and I'm pretty sure he knows how to score a goal in the Stanley Cup final. So let's go, let's go. But anyways, that's the ugly for the weekend. A tinfoil hat three. Let's go around the glass with some NHL news. The post controversy. No, I'm not talking about post game pressers. I'm talking about Matt Murray, Casey DeSmith. Of Melka and a bunch of other NHL goaltenders this season who seem to have a fair habit of knocking the net off. And by the way, that lady who was screaming, fill it with epoxy. That is Shut up, lady. That is not what you do. But is that what she was saying? Oh, yeah. She's like, fill it with epoxy. <laughs> so it doesn't what? come off and the goalie snaps his freaking leg. Like it's not um, meant to stay in there. It's no, not to come off no. leg. But no, it's... I will say this. I will give Matt Murray benefit of the doubt on two of the yeah. thing five that he had come off the thing. He's a veteran goaltender. He understands what he needs to do. But here's two of them where they actually did have to call the ice crew out and fix the actual peg hole. So that tells me, yes, there is an actual problem here. It's not just Matt Murray. So, and by the way, in the New Jersey game, the one after in New Jersey. Oh, the net came off again. You don't say. You don't say. So, obviously, maybe there's something with the ice crew there. But, come on, guys. We know Matt Murray's a vet. And he's a big body. Like he's got the big gears. So, you know, he's robo-goalie, right? So, when he moves, he does hit the net. But on Saturday night, lovely Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, there was an email sent out by the league to all of the general managers talking about this is now going to be under a microscope. So there will be penalties to come from this because of how hard the New Jersey Devils fans cried. By the way, New Jersey Devils fans threatening legal action against the league for calling back those three goals and the way that Matt Murray bumped the post. Absolutely. Just fucking childish. You but it is what it is. Says, BX says, he's a veteran goalie. He knows what he's doing. All of these goalies know what they're doing. They're buying yeah. their team time. It's just like a guy tying his skates at an icing or having to change his stick because he thinks it's going to break. It's all in-game management without taking a timeout is what it is. Buying your guy's time. So 
It is what it is. Uh, I mean, goalie pegs are freaking brutal, man. We we had the same thing happen to us today in our game, and we I I started calling my goalie Matt Murray because it, it came off three times, and then their team there was like a three on one or whatever, and they got offside, and the one guy threw his freaking stick through his glove. He's like, I'm tired of this shit. What is happening? What is going on? But it, like, I can understand it's frustrating, but goalie pegs are not meant to be in the, like the net's not supposed to stay there. I ran into the freaking net today. It, it is not meant to stay there. It is meant to come off. There was that instant incident where Matt, I, Matt Murray, I'm pretty sure he slid over from the left to the right. And he bumped this post, but this one came off. So I was just like, that's not supposed so, to be. Yeah. Like, the, there there were a couple of instances, obviously, that, that it, it shouldn't happen. But yeah, I, I guess, yeah, buying time, whatever. And... The, the, listen, there's a couple shoulder shrug ones there that you're like, that's the shoulder shrug post push off. You can see as he as he's going to go move across, he's <laughs> bumping up like that, and there's definitely some heavy pressure. Isn't Dominic Hasek like doing that. What's that? I, I feel like Dominic Hasek would do that. He was a small yeah. goalie; he would just get under the post and just like Marty Turco as well. Turco as well. Yeah, that's hilarious. The turkey. Um, all right, so here's here's something that uh, kind of got a stick in my craw. I was pretty pissed off about it. The Connor Hellebuck injury oh. knockdown. No helmet on, he on. That's greasy. Then last night in the Colorado Dallas game, there's a play. You got to go back and watch it if you haven't. Do a little homework. Check it out. Because and this is exactly what the ref says at center ice. There's no injury on the play. No penalty on the play. So because there was no injury, they did not call a penalty. And the goal stands. Ridiculous. That was so, the one where his helmet falls off, right? And they kept the play going. Uh, that that's he- that's Hellebuck. That's okay. a different one. This one. Was okay. What happened? What happened Colorado with Colorado Dallas? I think it was a that? high stick. If I'm not mistaken, and he on came to ice, refed it, and said, "There's no injury on the play, therefore there is no penalty on the play." So my but, two things. So because my, my there's no injury, you can't review it. I guess I don't know, but that's. Ah. If the if if the ref doesn't see the high stick or whatever. Then obviously, technically, it wasn't a high stick unless unless the guy's bleeding. That's my understanding from a high stick. Two, ah, but I but thought remember, the whistle. But remember what uh, Dave Jackson said to us in the summertime: a high stick damage is not just that's true. That's, work. True, that's true. Yes, it yes. is. It could be a bruise. It could be whatever done by stick damage. It does not have to be a cut to make it. A so they said medical. injury on the play. So clearly none of it that. It has to be happening. some sort of marking. Yeah. But was it, so was so, it on the goalie or what was the inst, uh, instant? It was on a player. It was on a player in front of the net, took the player down and out of the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, obviously everything unfolds from there. Goal is scored. They go to center ice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, no injury, no I, penalty. I watched the Hellebuck play unfold and I am pretty positive. I I've seen that like similar play happen before. And I want to say it was Jonathan quick one game or whatever. His helmet came off and the whistle was blown because his helmet was off. So my understanding is once the helmet is off, you have to blow the whistle, but because he wasn't injured on the play, no, what it is is now 
if there is an impending scoring chance and a player is injured in the offensive zone for the defending team, the play is allowed to continue until the defensive team has possession of the puck, therefore ruling the play dead and stopping the play to allow them to recoup their injured player, get them off the ice, etc., etc. I like what Kevin Bieksa and Kelly Hurley said last night. If the goaltender's helmet comes off, it should be blowing dead immediately. Because what if Hellebuck got up and got back into position and and took a beamer right off the head because he has no mask? That's what it, that that's what what my understanding was. If his helmet's off, it should be blown. So I think, and I think there's a huge, again, I, I use this word appetite amongst the general managers. Uh, Jeff Merrick said it last night that they are going to get that changed, where they're going to have, and they're already going to pressure referees that if a goaltender's helmet comes off, to be aggressive and stop the play. Yeah, scoring that's chance good. be damned. You have to protect players, and yeah. the same thing happened in the Minnesota game against the Leafs. Yep. Guys losing gloves. I think for whatever reason in my head, I think if you lose your glove, it's much like a player now losing a helmet. You should get off the ice. I thought I uh, yeah, I thought that rule was because if you lose a you lose a glove, just think you take a shot, a stick, whatever, you go up against the boards and you get it caught between the dasher and oh. your body. Just imagine how much damage that, that could do to your hand, right? So I think any of that crucial equipment comes off, you should be right off and done. Just get off the ice to protect yourself. It yeah. sucks that it interrupts the play, yes, but get off. Unless you're yourself. unless you're capable of picking it up right away, but I'm pretty sure that play was like he lost it and he was continuing to battle for the puck. I think it was Matt Boldy, actually, who yes, lost his glove and was continuing to battle along the boards, might yes. I add, where a lot of stick battles and things happen. So, yeah, if you lose a piece of your paraphernalia, get off the ice. Yep. Protect yourself. And not only that, I mean, how bad would a guy feel? He goes to chop for the puck and instead he chops your hand and snaps three of your fingers. You know, well, that yeah, guy feel pretty freaking bad about it. Although equipment managers can put in protective things in your glove, those even even taking it off the glove does hurt at times. Yes. Oh, yes. All right. So we'll keep it rolling here. Another thing that happened that kind of boiled my blood, a lot boiling my blood this week. Um, I'm <laughs> grinding your gears, eh? Guys, getting their development, being able to step up and do different things, like Nick Robertson, who cannot go to the AHL unless on a conditioning stint, by the way. He basically is stuck. I think he can now. He can now. So Nick Robertson before this season, where he was still able to go to the Peets, where he didn't get to develop and play because the Peets weren't playing. So he was basically in no man's land because there was nowhere to send him. So what happened this weekend, or sorry, over the summer, is the CHL and the NHL extended their agreement by seven more years for that rule that any CHL player that is 18 or 19 and eligible to play in their league cannot play in the AHL. They have to be sent back down to their junior club. So to me, I'm thinking of guys like Shane Wright. I'm thinking of guys like Quentin Byfield, Nick Robertson, just guys that would not benefit from going back to junior other than the junior team getting the do-re-mi on jersey sales and ticket sales and helping their team and maybe even helping their team recoup draft picks because nine times out of ten when a guy like that's moving on, the team's moving out of that phase into the rebuild phase. So if they get that guy back, they're probably going to move him. But I think if a guy is that good, 
he should be allowed to go to the AHL and grow his game there because it's a higher level of competition. Yep. The European guys are allowed to do it, and it seems to help the European players a lot more than it does these the CHL players who go back and, yeah, maybe they score 130 points in whatever 70 games that they play. But the competition is not but there. It's you not look- the same comp, yeah, and it's just – you're walking guys. You you watched it last year with right right did he he wasn't the best in the CHL but he did he did dominate it and it's and it's the same instance I see with McTavish. McTavish looked like a man amongst boys last year in that league and yeah. and, and rightfully so. He it was a similar situation. He went down I think he played a handful of games in the NHL. Couldn't go to the AHL. He went to his team, got traded, and then helped his team go to the Memorial Cup. So, yeah, very, very similar situation. Yeah, I just – I don't like the agreement, Pete. I don't know what you think, but I really think for some guys, especially superstar guys, that may not be first-year NHLers but are too damn good to go back to the CHL. Mm-hmm. I really think it's a development hindrance. And the team really doesn't get to control – what goes on with said player when they go back to their junior team because it's on the junior team where they get traded, what they do, what the power play lineups is, who he plays with, matchups, etc. You know, if you have a guy that you want to track, it makes more sense for them to be within your system. That's just me. And I get why the CHL wants this. They want the money. They want the money. It's all about the money, which sucks. I think it should be, if the player wants to go back, cool. But I think there should be an exceptional status thing for those type of players who are just way too good to be there to go over. But again, so who would that exceptional that? status apply to? Like Shane I feel like, Ray? I feel like if they get a certain amount of points in the previous season in the CHL, they should be eligible to get. I agree. I, I fully agree. It just it it bothers me because, like I said, European players. Like Austin Matthews would have been exempt from that. So if the Maple Leafs wanted to send him down to the AHL, they could. Because he played he played in Europe. He went over to Zurich and played for the Lions. So Why he didn't play in the CHL. So it he loved people, it there. Which means to me, if I'm a superstar type player, I cut my teeth in the CHL. Yep. My draft year, I go over to Europe dominate over there man why, it, it teaches you a lot over there why don't we see more players doing that why is matthews the only instance it's of- a traditional thing that's why uh, you know it's just the way these guys are brought up and bred i think you're going to start to see more of it now well, that matthews- seven more years attached to it because matthews got to go over there and make money as well yeah he did oh. matthews did it to actually very very unique he could have went to school yep. but he would have been in the like if he wanted his USHL whatever he would he would have had to stay like Nice has has had to stay so he would have hindered the years in the in the NHL so Matthews did go about it the right right way and I think I I agree with James here they should there should be more guys that go over there and play I think you're gonna start seeing it I really do and especially when now players are now more than ever taking themselves as a business. Yep. And wanting to be more of a a walking billboard, so to speak. A brand. Yeah, brand. That's what I was looking for. So, you know, you're going to see players build their brand that way. Yeah. By going overseas and starting their career there, earning a little bit of dough, 
coming back over to the NHL because they're going to go over there and they're going to be superstars. They're going to do different things and they're going to get to experience an uptick in the level of competition because you're playing against men over there because these guys are going to be name brands playing for the teams over there. They're going to market them as such, but we shall see. But that seven year thing, I just, I don't like it. I haven't liked it. You know, I think they should either, you know, up the age to, to 19 for the draft. So that way players are just in the CHL until that age and then make the, make the cry that they can go to the NHL from 19 and up. Because the age is what it's you can be seventeen. It has to be a certain birth year or a certain birth month. Yeah, I think it's after. I think it's after October. Well, Matthews was held a year back because of his September birthday. He just uh, missed the mark, I think. So let's pivot to to some fun things here. Two wicked jerseys this week. Uh, One. The um, what are they here? The Atlanta Gladiators rock the Fred Flintstone Yabba Dabba Doo jerseys, and they were absolutely chef's kiss. They look like Fred Flintstone shirt, tie and all, absolutely awesome. Talking Atlantic about what? getting the bed to rock, those are sweet. I'm trying to look at them. Jerseys, Atlantic what? Atlanta Gladiators. Look them up, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't, if you want some nostalgia for our older fans. Oh, wow. (laughs) These are hilarious. Those are some beautiful-looking jerseys. Uh, I love it. The jersey, for those listening, the jersey is literally orange with black, like triangles on it with the Fred Flintstone tie. And then their shin pad, their shin pads and arms are like a tan color. It looks like yep. he's in the Flintstones, Fred Flintstone. It's absolutely hilarious. I loved it. I picked that up today. I saw it. I was That's like, great. man, that is something that I uh, definitely wanted to bring to the show because I love cool jerseys. I love nostalgia stuff. Um, so that right there was huge, huge, that huge so for me. Cool. The other one for me was last night. Yeah, you better Saturday say night. The Vegas Golden Knight oh. glow in the dark jersey. Hello, Vegas. You have been a bit of an asshole lately, but when you do things right, you do it right. That was some special. I like that. I like the way that they put those jerseys out there. I could not hate on it. They're in the tunnel and it's glowing. Mm-hmm. All even the goalie straps yes, are glowing. Yes, yes. Oh man, I was I was in for that. A that million cool. times out of a million times. Beautiful. I'm watching them. I'm looking at these jerseys now. They look phenomenal, especially in the dark. Shout out to Vegas. Like, how did they come up with these ideas? They're yeah, very unique. Well, Dallas is Dallas glows in the dark as well. Oh, do they? Oh, but, okay. I, but I don't think they've done the same kind of effect like the Vegas Thanks. Golden Knights did to yeah. kind of get you hyped about it, where they're in the tunnel and all you see is the glow in the dark parts. And it's like, man, that's cool. It yeah. takes you back to when you were a kid, right? And you used to have the glow-in-the-dark stuff in your room. You'd hype yeah. it up with the light, and you turn off the light, and everything would glow, whether it's the moon and the stars yeah. or your PJs. when yeah. You had your favorite characters that glowed, you know, those things. You saw those jerseys. And to me, again, talk about nostalgia with the Fred Flintstone. That, to me, was cool. It's like, yeah, man, if I'm a kid, I want that jersey for Christmas because yeah. I want to run around with my – my numbers right outside you go inside everything you make sure it gets all glowed up 
run outside and start shooting the puck at the net in the dark. Your numbers are on fire. That looks so cool. Yeah, man, yeah. Imagine if the Leafs got glow in the dark jerseys, man. That would be how awesome would that be? Just like man, it take some innovation from the Maple Leafs, okay? Hey, you don't want to the they, they just don't do it. Glows in the dark blue or white. I don't know, man. Well, I guess awesome. I guess we we better buckle up and, and make them ourselves or something. Because that let's do it. Let's find a partner. Joe, if you're listening <laughs> from Fresh Prince over here in Halifax, the official apparel supplier of offside hockey talk. We're coming to you for some jerseys that glow in the dark. Let's figure this out. Let's make it go kaboom and make a Maple Leaf style. We don't need to use the Maple Leaf exact logo, but we can do something. No, nah, dude, that 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 video I could have watched fucking 10,000 times. That was, that was an awesome video, and I was just like, man, this kind of makes me want to buy a jersey. <laughs> hey, man, one thing that Vegas does right is they market everything perfectly. Yep. Their post-game stuff, the playoff stuff, everything they do, God say it, man. They smash it out of the park, even though it pisses most of us off. But speaking of being pissed off, here we go. The Thanksgiving mark in the U.S. is usually when you can start separating the teams from the man and the boys, who the boys are not going to make it, to the boys that are going to go on a playoff stretch. It's a little tighter this year, Pete. Yes, I do know that. There are will we be break, some flip floppies, but here's are we breaking what I down the whole division. Well, no, we're just going to go conference. That's what. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, just go conference because your wild card can be any team from any division, right? So it doesn't. You don't need to break it down by division. So who misses on the in the East on the U.S. Thanksgiving mark? Out of the following teams, the Penguins who are out of it, the Rangers who are out of it the Panthers who are out of it and the Tampa Bay lightning who are in fourth in a wild card spot as we speak tonight. Pete, I will let you go first, which teams miss and who do you have coming out to replace them? Okay. I'm looking at the standings here. I am going to say, I'm saying Detroit is missing. I don't care what anyone says. Sure, they got good goaltending. They're missing. No, I, they're they're not making the playoffs. Um, Pittsburgh is missing too. New York's going to get in. The Rangers will get in, and Florida will get in to replace them. So there's no like. I would like the the Red Wings to to make it. That's a that'd be a nice um good first round matchup for the Leafs. But I don't have them making it. I picks Detroit and Pittsburgh will not make the playoffs. I, I'm Saying that now, I'm sticking to it. All right. All right. P, what do you got? You mean Dylan? Dylan, sorry. Yes, Dylan. I am very, very confused at this point. Because Florida, they have a good team, and I could see them sliding up and in. But Montreal is also in the mix, too, here. Detroit Detroit does look kind of low-key good. They have brought in the right vets this season. They're, they got the young juice in that lineup. But my problem with them is their, their goaltending. I say Tampa gets into the third slot there, and maybe Detroit's a bubble team there, like the wild card. Um, Pittsburgh – oh, I, th- I think uh, – New York's uh, a for real team, no matter what. I think I think they're in. Yeah, uh, the Rangers. That is, 
And mm, I think Pitt, Pitt might miss. All right. So for me, I have Pittsburgh missing, yes. I have Florida missing. I have Detroit making it. And Pete, if you want to do it right now, we'll make it official. I will make you a TikTok dance bet right now. Oh. At the end of the season, the Detroit oh. Red Wings will be in the 2022-2023 playoffs. That would be a great, great matchup for us. A TikTok dance. I don't do the dances, guys. You have That's to. why I'm making it. That's why it's special. Oh, I'm going to hurt myself from cringing that bet. Can we do a different bet? I do not want to be a TikTok. You're doing it. Oh. You're doing it. If you're that confident they're not making it, I'm that confident they are. Ooh. Hey, Fine. hey, wait, wait, wait. I'll sweeten the pot. I'll sweeten the pot. I'm joining James, but we'll both have to do a dance if if. <laughs> oh, there you go. A two for one. Two Fine. for one. Oh, my God. It's Fine. happening. So, for me, I have the Pens missing, the Panthers missing. And, guys, I'm going to say this right here right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning, as good as they are with goaltending, they are tired. They are, they are looking tired. Braden Point's looking tired. This team, I know they turn it on when it means – something to them. I think this season after losing Ryan McDonough, after losing Tyler Johnson, after losing players that were key Andre Palat, key markers for this team. I don't see, I think Tampa's going to take a step back this year, get a good draft pick, re-energize and come back next year. I don't see them in the playoffs. So that's what oh, I, I, mean, I don't see Florida in there. Detroit. Who's jumping in then? What's that? Who's getting in for me? So who's getting in for me is Boston, New Jersey, the Leafs, the Islanders, Carolina, Detroit, and the Rangers. I don't think you have enough teams. What did you say? New Jersey, Boston, Toronto, New York, Carolina, Detroit, and New York. Sorry, and Pittsburgh. Okay. You said no Pittsburgh before. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'll backtrack. Pittsburgh will be in there as one team. Sorry. I was looking at Washington. Washington was the team I had, had flipped with Pittsburgh because it's weird to see Washington so far down the standings. But Pittsburgh's okay. in. Yes. In my okay. Pitt's in and Detroit's in. Tampa's, Tampa and Florida are out. Okay. Tampa and Florida and Washington out. So, so you say five from Metro and three from Atlantic. Yeah, just the top three from the Atlantic are getting in. I think it's going to be a Metro-heavy year. Okay. 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 We will see. We will see. We'll see who's dancing their way into the playoffs when the time comes. I'd rather make that bet with Tampa than Detroit. That's ridiculous. You don't have Tampa making the playoffs. I just got a a weird feeling they're going to gas out this year. I, I I could see them being a great matchup in the first round with Boston. Boston beats them. We beat Detroit. Boston Leafs second rounder. Let's Leafs go. Play that dragon. They're winning the Stanley Cup. Yep. All right. Now let's flip it to the Western Conference here, ladies and gentlemen. Who misses right now out of the Oilers, Flames, Blues, Preds, and Wild? And what do you have? Go ahead, Dylan. This is tough. Um. 
I think what St. Louis has done and come back from this year, uh, I think they get in, but I'm going to put them in the three hole. And I'm going to put uh, Winnipeg in, in like in the four in the central there. So I got Dallas, Colorado, St. Louis, then Winnipeg. Then I got, oh, frick. Man, I did not even see, I, I didn't even see how far Seattle was up there. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, oh, man. Man. Yeah, it's hard. I say, I say Vegas, LA, uh, uh, Calgary. I don't know about Seattle, man. I don't, I don't think they're strong enough to get in. Uh, 12, 5, and 3 record, Dylan. I see it. I see. I see it, James. I just think they're phonies, man. Like <laughs> frauds. They are. They are like a like. They don't have a solid team. Like they could. They could slip to. They could slip into the wild card. I could see that. But Edmonton's a juggernaut up front. They do have a okay decor, but their goalies is the problem right now. Those are the only two teams that I that even That's Vancouver. Ah, if Vancouver puts on the Jets, they could tie it in too. I'm gonna, what? I'm gonna go with Edmonton. Okay, I, I like I, I'm going Vegas, LA, Edmonton, Calgary. I, I don't see Seattle making it. I like I, 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 I don't care. I seventy five percent, seventy five percent of this is correct, and I don't see Seattle doing it. They're one of the 25% that don't make it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Seattle. I don't like Seattle either. I I like the way it looks here, though. I just don't have Seattle or Winnipeg making it. I have Calgary and Nashville to make it over those two teams. But the, the, the Pacific is so weird because they have such good teams. Yeah. But they also have very, very shitty teams too. Like, well, here you go. In the Western Conference, go from seven to eleven. It's all separated by two points. Yeah, yeah, it's really but tight. I will tell you this right now: that those are the flippy dippy things I was telling you about that could change a lot here. But for me, I have it staying pretty much the exact same, except Edmonton does not make the playoffs, really? and Calgary does. Oh, I don't see Calgary making it. I think Seattle this year is going to have some magic, baby. They are going to tear it up. I think Shane Wright's going to find his way back to this lineup somehow and be just exciting. But I think Seattle this year is going to do some noise, have some fun. By the way, guys, they're doing this without their starting goaltender. Martin Jones is in there making some noise. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure Grubauer's not there. So I'm just saying, this Seattle team. We talk about Toronto being scrappy and figuring it out. Ron Francis seems to have put some puzzle pieces together here, and is rolling right now. I, I like pretty your, damn good. I like your Edmonton prediction. What the hell would happen? Like people are gonna flip out in Edmonton. They're already flipping out. Have you not seen Edmonton Twitter? No Holy smokes when Jack Campbell was getting lit up by for three goals again, they won though. They stormed back. I was oh, that's gonna be so interesting. Um, but 
is everyone done their predictions? I have one more point yeah. I want to bring up before we get to the Boxing Rock. The Nashville game was postponed. Two Nashville games postponed because of their arena plumbing. Did you guys see that on Twitter? Yep. Like the floods I could have fixed coming that. out of the arena. What's that? I could have fixed that. You could <laughs> you. <laughs> What's that? The official plumber of the Nashville Predators. Yeah. Dylan Fournier. <laughs> yeah. Why is that was really in Ontario? Yeah, but uh yeah, no, it's it's gonna take a little while, man. They're gonna probably have to do a lot of different things out of that building, I don't think. I think you're gonna have to probably do your game day stuff other places, like your video and That's all that. Crazy. You see their uh, their their video room, man, was all rained through and wow, all man. shredded, all that's gonna be molded and gross. It's gonna yep. all have to be rebuilt and redone. So you're talking, you know, massive Couple overhaul. Couple months. But we shall see what happens with Nashville. But I do think those will things will hold up. And we'll look back on this video at the halfway mark and see where we are. We've only reached the quarter mark of the season, which is why I'm going to say tonight's Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior is going to be the quarter mark Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior. I'm going to do mine for the Maple Leafs. But, Pete, I will let you go first. You've grown in your beard to make it uh, part of the segment, so I appreciate that. Who is your Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior for the first quarter of the season? The first quarter of the season? Oh, my God. You got to go Mitch Marner. The guy is on a heat, 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 peep the heater right now. Like, he, <laughs> oh! Yeah, the heater. He is killing it. He's on a 16-game point streak. He looks phenomenal out there, causing turnovers, grinding in the corners. Mitch Marner is my boxing... My what is it called? Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior. I need a I need a beard, guys. You gotta sign that over. Coming, I promise. Uh, since you said quarter mark, I gotta go with Willie Styles. I'm really loving that guy. And I also got uh, I don't know if you saw my video. I got one of his rookie cards. So he is a hot commodity over here in the Fournier room. I'm going with Willie Styles. Beautiful. All right. Let me do a little bit of a group here. Uh oh. They've taken a lot of heat. And not just Pete the Heat, but it's the <laughs> Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior for the first quarter of the season. Here's what I'm going to do is the man who threw a lot of limes in the water and made a lot of noise. And Leafs Nation was upset about a lot of the things that he did. But they've seemed to come to fruition and really look good for this Maple Leafs team. So I'm going to pick. Mr. Kyle Dubas, Ooh. Mr. Ilya Samsonov, a.k.a. Sonar, Ooh. and Matt Murray, the Murdog, because goaltending was supposed to be, damn it, the thing that sunk the Maple Leafs season, and it's been anything but. Complete opposite. So, Mr. Kyle Dubas, tip of the cap to you. I don't care. I'm not a Dubasite. I'm not a big fanboy. But when he does something right, you damn well need to acknowledge it. And Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray, even Eric Shogren, they've all played their tails off between the pipes for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that is why they get my co-Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior for the quarter mark of the season. Dubas for taking the risk, and the two goaltenders for proving his ass right so far. I want to make one honorary one because I feel like it's it's justice. Uh, I know this season's going to be for him, and this one's for Bory. 
The whole season, yes. It's this is Biore. Win it for Biore. We will finish it there. This right here is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs>